Welcome to the sermon podcast from First United Methodist Church in downtown Bentonville. If you have questions related to what you hear today, or just want to find out more about the ministries at First United Methodist Church, please visit us online at fumcbentonville.org, or check us out on Facebook, Instagram, or TikTok. Yes, yes, yes. My name is Pastor Andrea, and I add my welcome to all those that come before me. It's so great to see you. And all those online, too, hey, to you, too. We see you. Today we continue on with our sermon series, um, and what a great time to actually talk about what it means to deconstruct and reconstruct and, and all the busyness, as Pastor Michelle said last week. And um, yes, we celebrated Easter, but we are still in Eastertide, and during this time of Eastertide, we are grappling with the mysteries of faith. We're trying to figure out what, what, is, what, is this, what does all this mean? And it never gets old, right? Because our faith causes us to have these moments in which we are questioning. Has anybody questioned their faith before? Are you questioning your faith? Be honest. You questioning your faith right now? Anybody? Yes. Especially when the pandemic came. It was all, oh, Lord. And we've, um, all throughout our life, we've had, probably had some church hurt that caused us to, you know, ask questions, you know, and then. As if you like me, a little girl's like, Lord, why me? You know, I was a sick little girl. I had questions about why I was suffering before I even had a real, real faith. And so this notion of questioning and going to periods of life where you don't believe, well, it's nothing new. <laughs> it's nothing new. In fact, throughout the, out our, you know, just the, the story itself is a grappling over and over again. What does it mean to be in relationship with this all Ominiscent, all-knowing deity. But along the way of um, just through faith itself, we have tangled in what humanity has taken the voice of God, has taken the voice of Jesus in. And if we do the pulling back of this, if we had a colonel, I didn't grow up on a, a farm, but just, you know, you know, the, you know, the colonel, you, you pull the, the layers back. And that's what we have to do. We have to begin to pull layers and layers back. And that's what people are doing. They're pulling layers back and trying to get at something that is pure. But that's a real thing, pure. I don't know whatever it means to be pure. But sometimes in that process, and because of life situations and, and just the nature of trying to make sense of the mystery, you know, sometimes we go around and, and emphatically say something. I remember in my uh, first year in seminary, and we read Revelation by um, o, uh, O'Connery, I think it's, yeah. And there was a statement there. Have y'all read that little short story of Revelation by Flannery O'Connery? And, and um she thought she was here and here, and then she had this moment where she's sitting in, in a, in a, um, in a uh, I guess, emergency room, and a little girl was staring at her and threw a book at her, and then that begins her moment of being able to see. And she was stuck up, and she had all these notions about what it means to be the orders of, you know, class, and, and she had just in her, playing out in her mind. And, and then she realized that, the first shall be last, and and a story. Go, and the, the famous quote out of there is, "You can know a thing 
to death, I believe, and be completely oblivious to it. You can know a thing so true and then find out. <laughs> and that's what the mystery of faith does for us. Because Paul tells us, we'll get to Paul description in just a moment, you know, he goes on and said, the gospel is foolishness to those, it's foolishness, foolishness to those who are perishing, but to, to those who believe it. You, it's something that is saving us. And so we find ourselves in this peculiar season of Easter. What do we do with this risen Christ? Because Christ is risen, but what does it mean for us? How do we begin to embody that as a body of Christ? Just a spoiler alert, we are the manifestation. We are the realization of the risen Christ. Look around. The body of Christ. You. Every single one of you. You are proof that Christ is yet risen. And so we find ourselves in Acts gospel. And as Acts is throughout Eastertide and, and then we have your, we have a John's gospel over here. And so I'll make some parallels, connections there in just a moment. But we are in Saul's story. And just, this is another spoiler alert, just so you even know, Saul is the Hebrew name for, Saul and Paul are the same names, but Gentile and Hebrew. So Saul's name in Hebrew is, Paul's name in Hebrew is Saul. You want to say page now? <laughs> yes, yeah, Saul and Paul. It's just different languages <laughs> for names, okay? All right, so it begins, meanwhile, Saul still, this is Acts 9, verses 1 through 20. Meanwhile, Saul, still breathing threats and murder against the disciples of the Lord, went to the high priest and asked him for letters to the synagogues of Damascus. So that he found, so that, so that if he found any who belonged to the way, men or women, he might bring them bound to Jerusalem. Now, as he was going along and approaching Damascus, suddenly a light from heaven flashed around him. He fell to the ground and heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? He asked, who are you, Lord? The reply, reply came, I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting. But get up and enter the city and you will be told what you are doing or what you are to do. The men who were traveling with him stood speechless because they too heard the voice that saw no one. Saul got up from the ground and threw his, and though his eyes were open, he could see nothing. So they led him by the hand and brought him into Damascus. For three days he was without sight and neither ate nor drank. Now there was a disciple in Damascus named Ananias. The Lord said to him in a vision, Ananias, he answered, here I am, Lord. Does that sound familiar? Here I am, Lord. We have all kinds of hymns with that one, right? The Lord said to him, get up and go to the street called Straight. And at the house of Judas, in the house of Judas, look for a man of Tarsus named Saul. 
at this moment, he is praying and he has seen in a vision a man named Ananias come in and lay his hands on him so that he might regain his sight. But Ananias answered, Lord, have you heard from I have heard from many about this man, how much evil he has done to your saints in Jerusalem. And here he has the authority from the chief priests to bind all who invoke your name. But the Lord said to him, go, for he is an instrument. He is a vessel whom I have chosen to bring my name before the Gentiles and kings and before the people of Israel. I myself will show him how much he must suffer for the sake of my name. So Ananias went and entered the house. He laid his hands on Saul and said, Brother Saul. That's Ray's favorite thing. Bro and brother and sister. Yes, this is where it comes from in the scripture, I'm sure. Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus who appeared to you on the, the way here has sent me that you may regain your sight and be filled with the Holy Spirit. And immediately something like scales fell from his eyes and his sight was restored. Then he got up and was baptized. And after taking some food, he regained his strength. For several days, he was with the disciples in Damascus. And immediately he began to proclaim Jesus in the synagogue, saying, He is the Son of God. This is the word of God for the people of God. Let's have a moment of prayer. Oh, gracious Lord, we're so thankful to be here in your house. We're so thankful to hear your living word afresh today. And so, Lord, as we continue to hear what is what you have for us today, may you may our ears and our hearts be opened, and that. Whatever is over our eyes may fall off, and we may see you in a different way. Never the same, in fact. In Christ we pray. Amen. So we know the story of uh, Saul and going to persecute these folks who call themselves people of the way, people that encountered Jesus was in, in Acts, we're still in this in-between, we're in Acts gospel and then Jesus already ascended, but we are over here in John's gospel and Jesus is still appearing into the disciples, so, but we know how the story goes, so we don't have to pretend. So in Acts gospel, the church has been birthed, the Holy Spirit has been poured out and disciples are going and empowered and not afraid anymore, they're going out and sharing this good news at all costs, they know that sharing this is costly. But we have the Jews, we know how the story goes. The Jews said Jesus was a false messiah. And so Paul, taking on this notion to persecute, was really not really out of it. You know, in, in their tradition, it was, it was warranted. It was, it was a fair. It was, in his mind, he was doing the right thing because Jesus, these false people were heretics. They were traitors. They were blasphemous. And they needed to be stopped. And Paul just knew, he, 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 he took the tradition of his fathers, his forefathers, and he just knew it. He, he loved the law. And he wanted to do something about it. So he gets permission, he gets these this, this letters, whatever. I want to know what these letters said, but we don't know. But he gets these letters and permission to go hunting. And that's what he does. And he was on this mission. And Jesus 
Oh, you know that saying, a kind of Jesus talk? This is paramount here. It's a coming to Jesus moment because as he is going out and he knew he was doing the will of God, he was on a battlefield for the Lord, he was doing all these things. And in this moment, he's surrounded by light from heaven. And this moment of Christ appearing, this moment was overpowering for him and he falls. Matter of fact, everyone with him falls to their knees. Because it's so powerful, the, the power and presence of Christ, the risen Christ, the risen Christ is present there. And as risen Christ knew Saul's name. He, this, is a, this, is a good, this is a good, this is a good story. The risen Christ, he says, Saul, Saul, I was like, can you imagine this? You know, like, who's, who knows me? I'm out here in the middle of a road and I hear my name and Jesus knows your name too. The risen Christ knows our names. And so he has a little talk with Paul and he says, why do you persecute me? And it'd be odd to say, why, why, why would Jesus be saying, why are you persecuting me? Because you know, Matthew 25, it says, you clothe the naked, you feed the hungry. When you go visit the sick and the poor, you do it for the least of me so you've done it for me. Does anybody remember that? So when you were persecuting the church, the church that Jesus decided to continue on his ministry through the church, you're persecuting me, Saul. Every single person you condone and stoning and doing everything else, you have done it to me. And I can imagine Saul has been hearing a new interpretation of what the Messiah is. He heard it. He heard the good news. He heard it in preachers in the synagogues. He heard it. He heard this message and he was like, he was fighting. He said, this can't be true. I, I know, I know the scripture. I know what my ancestors said. This is not the Messiah. The Messiah cannot be hung on a tree because anybody hung on a tree and died is cursed by God. So this can't be the Messiah. And so he goes on. I can know that he's grappling, grappling with this theologist's new way of thinking because Jesus came and upended everything they know. That's what you're doing, probably. Thinking about what does it mean and, and going, I don't, just, just don't, you know, don't do this. What Paul did, we don't, we're doing it. It's no different. But Jesus says, you are on their own path. Saul. And so Saul on the ground says, who are you? Who are you, Lord? And Jesus says, I am Jesus. But get up. Get up off the ground. Get up and go enter the city and, and, and you will be told what to do. And there's no dialogue here because I can imagine Paul is like, and all of them probably just discombobulated. But those around him that fell on the ground, they hurt Jesus' voice. They didn't see it. But they were part of this process that, along with Saul. And they go, they, they're good friends. They didn't leave him back down there by himself. <laughs> they grab him and they take him on this straight road. And as Saul is got up from the ground, his eyes were open, but he still couldn't see. But can you imagine having this moment of Christ's power and presence in your life? And, and he, I, I know he's already thinking about what this new Messiah may mean. And is it, it could it be true, but it doesn't seem. You know, 
And then he has this moment encountering Jesus and his eyes are open, but he still cannot see. But I believe he's already seeing something different because when you are in the power and presence of Jesus Christ, your life cannot be the same. Cannot be the same. And so he goes and sits for three days. Three days he's sitting there. He didn't eat. He didn't drink. I can imagine he probably told them, shut the door and leave me alone. Trying to figure out why he can't see. He's probably thinking about what it meant to have experiences risen Christ that he thought did not exist. And it kind of reminds me of what we, what last week's scripture, because I'm going to say this, and this is a tagline for today. Jesus is in the business of restoring belief. Jesus is in the business of upending your belief. You remember last week when Thomas had experienced disciples coming and telling them, we have seen, we have seen the risen Lord. We have seen his hands. We have seen his side. And told the Thomas say, he said, if I don't see it myself, I don't believe it. So Jesus comes to the door and says, peace be with you. Peace. Because when Jesus says peace, everything changes. He says, Thomas, put your hand in my pierced hand. Put your hand in my side. And we don't know if Thomas actually did those things, but I'm pretty sure he did. And what happens? He says, my Lord and my God. But before that, what did Jesus say? He says, stop this unbelief. Same thing he did for Saul. Came tapping on the shoulder and then all this light around him and he's just telling him, stop this unbelief. The belief. Jesus is in the business of restoring our faith and the business of restoring our faith. Does anybody need a restoration of their faith? Does anybody need this reminder that Jesus knows your name is tapping you on the shoulder too? You, you out there a little bit. Come on back in. You, you're welling too far, you know. You come, come back in. I'm, I'm calling you in. And Jesus is doing that right now because God's grace is not stingy. God's grace wants to captivate you if you let it to be. God wants to restore you today. God wants to heal you today. And he does this for Saul and for Thomas and for anyone who wants to accept the invitation. And so if we go into the story, he is sitting here and he is praying. And when we're in the middle of deconstructing and trying to reconstruct our faith, we need time to not go out and just, we need to take moments to sit in prayer. Sit in prayer. I don't know what Saul was praying about, but it says here that in his prayer, he sees a vision. The same time Ananias had received the vision for the risen Christ, telling him that he had to go and, and help his brother out, his new brother in Christ out. We, we have to sit in prayer. It's in prayer, visions happen, as we see in this text, and we hear the voice of Jesus in the prayer. And so that's what happens. They both receive the same vision, and 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 Jesus used Ananias, a disciple of the way of the church. He sends Ananias to go 
to lay hands on him so that his sight could be received, so that he can receive the Holy Spirit. We're not, we're just like Ananias. We have been, through our baptism, we have been gifted the Holy Spirit. We have been called to the ministry of Christ. We need to be laying some hands. <laughs> yeah. It's not just me and the pastors. Ananias, he, he's a disciple. He was just a little brother too. Brother and sister. Because this is a two-way street. We have the ones who were, have this unbelief, the un, you know, doing this thing that, that Paul is doing. And we have those who Jesus is calling to, to be present when the time comes. I don't know who you know in your family right now is, 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 is doing the saw business. Or the Thomas out here, you know. We don't have the uh, woman's version. We, have, we can fill in the gap. There, there are women and men doing this. Those who need to pray, God is speaking to you to be present in a time. Not going there trying to tell them you ain't, you're not doing it right, you're not believing it right, you know what the word says. Does it, and I didn't do that. He opened the door, he saw him, he had compassion, he says, Brother Saul, I'm here to support you. I'm here because the risen Christ that you saw has, has brought me here to, to help you see the way, the good news, the church of Jesus Christ. Because Jesus Christ says, the case of hell would not prevail against the church, right? Yes, the church has done some things, but that ain't Jesus. <laughs> the good news is still here. The good news is still free. And the good news is ready to set you free. The good news is here. And that saves. Not us. Jesus comes and taps those who were having these doubts and having this unbelief. He is tapping them. He's calling them by name. But he's appearing in visions for you and your spirit and, and conversation and preparing you to be present for those who, who accept Jesus' invitation. And so he goes and he lays hands on him and it says something like scales fell from his eyes. The scales will fall down. So yes, we deconstruct. We don't stay there. In that deconstruction, Jesus is there calling you by name, calling us by name. Because we, we have to get to a place where we're able to flourish with what we believe. And that's what God wants us to do. He wants us to flourish. He wants those in the world that don't know him. He wants those who are struggling right now to know him in new ways. And he wants them to, to let go of that anger and disappointment and all the false expectations that they were given in, a, in whatever situations and places of churches or wherever they may be. But here we're reminded that Jesus didn't say go out to wherever. He, these are, they had house churches. They, you know, he, this is the church. The church is pulling back the, all the layers of it is the light of the world still because Christ is the head and Christ says, if you lifting up, I would draw all to me. But we have to be ready for that to happen. We have to respond to God's grace. We have to be the ones over here waiting to, to be, welcome those folks back home. Because it's what Ananias did. He went to Paul, Paul. And what did he do? He baptized him. So, yes, people were in this way of deconstructing. But these doors are going to be booming at the seams. And are we going to be ready to welcome those back in to reaffirmation of faith and for first-time believers? Are we going to be ready to welcome them back in to lay hands on them? 
and welcome them into this new life. A new life that Jesus Christ offers, an eternal life. That's what it does. He said, um, it's going to take time. Let's get me baptized. And he received the Holy Spirit. And it says that he immediately began to reclaim the good news. And that's what happens when we experience the risen Christ. We ain't the same. We go share it. Jesus is in the business of restoring faith. Let Jesus do the work. And let us be there listening and waiting for this light to shine so brightly to knock us on the ground to recalibrate us and to bring us into back into restoration of life abundantly through Jesus Christ. Is that what we want? Is that what we need? Is that what we need? Well, let's have a moment of prayer. Oh, oh gracious Lord, we're so thankful for knowing that you come to restore our faith, that you seek us out. Even when we are out doing God knows what, you know our name. You know it's the exact time to call us back home to restore our faith. Deconstructing our unbelief so that we can be reconstructed to have faith in you abundantly and new and all the things you allow for us to have. So wherever and whoever's here that is needs to hear your voice and the scales to, to fall off their eyes, we pray that upon them right now. We pray for those out here that are, have lost hope, that are angry at what they've learned and, and they and just need to be, to hear you fresh, to hear you calling their name. So we pray that that is happening. We pray for those who need to be Ananias waiting for Jesus to call them and, and may they be able to say, Lord, here I am. Send me. I'll go. Because the world needs to, to know you and know you in new ways, Lord, to open our hearts so we may receive your grace. In Christ we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening to the sermon podcast from First United Methodist Church in downtown Bentonville. If you would like to let us know you were here, follow the link below to connect. To participate in worship through giving, you can give online at fumcbentonville.org or on Venmo at fumcbentonville. FUMC Bentonville welcomes all. Because we believe the communion table is God's table, we invite everyone into our church family. We welcome and celebrate every race, gender, gender identity, sexual orientation, marital status, age, physical and mental ability, national origin, economic station, and political ideology. We come together in action and outreach, aspiring to follow Jesus' example of radical hospitality, love, and grace as a transformative movement in our community. Please join us for worship on Sunday mornings at 9 and 11 a.m., both in person and on Facebook Live. All are welcome, and we'd love to have you with us. Grace and peace.